For centuries, local inhabitants passed down folklore about terrifying beasts that haunted their island. Mythical creatures to be avoided at all costs. But these stories weren't fiction. They were real. This is the Malagasy Dwarf Hippopotamus and the Giant Lemurs of Madagascar. Welcome to Extinction Event. I am Melissa here with Jack. Hello. So today the episode is a little different than normal. We're going to be talking about folklore and and how there was folklore surrounding these creatures on Madagascar, but turns out they were probably real. You said their names and I'm like, I know some of those words. Can you say it again? Okay. The Malagasy... Dwarf hippopotamus. What was the first? Malagasy. So that's like if you are from Madagascar, you're a Malagasy. Wow. Okay. And um, the giant lemurs of Madagascar. We're going to actually be talking about two lemurs. The Malagasy dwarf hippo and giant lemurs were both from Madagascar, which is located around 250 miles to the east of Africa. It is the world's fourth largest island. Whoa. I didn't realize that. Big one. So... They're locally known by different names, not by that. Okay. You know, they're not like, there's the legend of the Malagasy Dwarf Hippo. That would be the Kalopalopsi. Say that again. Kalopalopsi. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> Kalopalopsi. Got it. Or the Kadoki. Or the Tret, 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 Tret. Are these all dwarf hippos? No. The dwarf hippo is the Kalopalopsi. Okay. And, and the giant lemur is. The, the giant lemurs are the Kadoki and the Tret, 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 Tret. And I don't even know if that's how you say it. It's just, it's spelled T-R-E, 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 T-R-E. That's Tret, 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 Tret. How do you say it? I think that like that name has to come, uh, you like hear it and you're like, did you hear that Tret, 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 Tret? Okay. It's from the sound that the lemur makes. That's my hypothesis on how that name came to be. Sure. Anyway. Okay. Wait. So to review, there's... Three animals. One is the dwarf hippo, that's the Calopalopsi. And on the other side, you have these two giant lemurs that were the uh, Tret 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 and the Kadoki. Uh, and that sounds about right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, back to the episode. Some would say that these creatures could fall into. Are you going to give a shout out? Oh, yes. I, actually, the Tret, 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 Tret came as a recommendation from a listener who emailed us. So, so if you thanks. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I would had heard of the creature before, but I was like, hey, somebody wants to hear about it. Let's do it. We take requests. Yeah. But there is a lot of dispute about the Tret, 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 Tret. That, is it cryptozoology? That's like, um, fill me in. It's the search for animals whose existence is disputed, like the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot. Mm. Which seems like an awfully official scientific name for something that's like, my job is to look for Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster. It does sound really official when it doesn't seem to really make it beyond user group boards Mm -hmm. from a decade ago on the internet. Like if you told someone you majored in cryptozoology, they would think that's legit. Yeah, <laughs> but if yeah, you knew what it was, you'd be like, mm. Sounds right. And then they tell you, and you're like, oh. 
you went to that kind of college. Right. <laughs> I bring it up because I think that the animals we're talking about today that were in these legends, like the tread, 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 tread. Giant lemur. I think in this case they were real, and uh, you, you could decide at the end of the episode. This is two and one, so it might be a little longer than normal. It's a double feature. Yes. Let's start with the giant lemurs. There are a couple lemurs that could be considered giant lemurs. There was a truly giant one that weighed 500 pounds, Mm-hmm. But there was also the sloth lemur, which weighed between 100 and 200 pounds. And both of these lemurs will become the stuff of legends. And from my research, it seemed like often the two were sort of muddled together. And I'm thinking over time, these two legends kind of got, kind of became is, one. It's understandable because, you know, it's already such a niche thing. It's <laughs> like, oh, no, I'm not talking about that giant lemur that lived in madagascar that was over 100 pounds i'm talking about the other one right so it's like just lump them together uh but in general both of them are described almost the same which would be a large animal with four feet and hind feet like those of an ape as having curly hair a short tail and the face of a man i not that far off of just describing a man. So I'm maybe there's some other right. things being lumped in here. You know, you yeah, got a giant sloth big, lemur, just another big lemur, and then just some guy. <laughs> there's just some dude. They all contribute to this <laughs> legend. Okay. So two, possibly three creatures with very similar descriptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this episode, I'm kind of lumping them all together, so that's that. The stories overlap. Yes, this yes. Is, this is how legends are born. But, but based on the description, it's no wonder that they became mythical in nature. I mean, they sound pretty bizarre. The face of a man? What the heck? It's or probably the guy. Just a man. <laughs> also, they were quite elusive. They weren't seen very often, and that would have further added to their mystery and mystique. And we might not know anything about them if it weren't for a Frenchman named Etienne Flacourt. Etienne Flacourt reluctantly takes on a position as governor of the island of Madagascar in 1648. He's supposed to replace the guy before him who really messed things up. So Flackord has to go over there and try and fix things, but he fails too. Mm. He makes it even worse. He writes back to France requesting military backup because things are getting so heated now. He doesn't hear back from them for six years. Man, <laughs> better times. I would love that now. Yeah. Like, so, oh, just saw your email from five years ago. <laughs> Sorry I missed this. Uh, taking it, the situation may have changed. We'll check in soon. <laughs> Reply. You were made for government work. <sighs> Maybe I should have been. Damn. He's just kind of marooned for a while, and he decides to use his background in science and botany to learn about the island. Convenient. 
Hmm. While and, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And so he starts hearing eyewitness accounts about huge and dangerous beasts that roam the island. So one of these beasts in particular was the Tret, 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 Tret. And he records it as having an oval head, the face of a man, four and hind feet like an ape, and ears like a man's. Also, it was feared by the Malagasy people, uh, but also that the animal would flee if encountered by a human. Feared, but it would flee. Yeah. Okay. Flackert eventually gets picked up six years later, and uh, he writes a book about the island, and he includes these creatures. And that's how we first learn about them. That's the story. Thank you, Flackert. A brief history <laughs> in French colonialism. <laughs> I like that they just kind of forgot that they were trying to take over Madagascar for six years. They're like, wait, didn't we have a guy out there? And they had to like make up some story about, oh, yeah, we got real busy. We, what is that like? You you make it all the way home to your driveway and then you realize you left the kid at the McDonald's play place. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, we'll learn more about these creatures from stories told by the Malagasy people that have been collected over the years, such as it was an ogre with the body of an animal but the face of a human. It could not walk across flat or smooth surfaces like rocks. It would get stuck. Hmm? That's, that's it. Is it a slinky? <laughs> what kind of... Very inebriated man. <laughs> Wow, floor spinning. Wow. Um, on ground that wasn't smooth rock, it was still a bit clumsy. It moved in sort of this strange gait. It adhered to this strong, the floor is made of lava uh, commitment. Yes. Uh, on my honor, I shall not pass. The floor is made of lava. You've bested me again, Malagasy. One story claims that these creatures were descended from humans, which makes sense. Um, oh, because of the man face? <laughs> it's in every description. I know. I... It'd be funny if they all look like just one guy, <laughs> right? The face of Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Oh, jeez. That, uh... Todd, are you all right? That, I just came from the forest. Well, you look like you saw a ghost. Yeah, I maybe. It was, uh... I saw something. I'll tell you what. Well, what is it? I, I don't know. I don't know if you spend much time in the forest, but... There's, we're on an island. There's, like... We can go spend time at the beach or the forest. Right. Well, are you a beach person? I am more of a beach person. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, well, I'm more of a forest person, and, um... I just been the just had a run in with this thing. I don't know what you'd call it. Um, I'm gonna stop you right there. Yeah, have you seen it? I've seen it. You know what I'm I talking. I know what about. you're talking about. Lemur. Yeah, it looks like a lemur, kind of. Pretty big though. Well, yeah, a big lemur, man size. Emphasis on the man, right? <laughs> the face. The face. Who does it look like? I saw him, and I was like, "Who is this?" It's been on my mind for like weeks now. Who does? Who's the face? I, I think it's 
Is it Jeff? Jeff! Jeff! Oh, thank God. I have Finally. I've been seeing the Sleemer. I'm like, who is this guy? I know him. It looks like him. It's totally the face of Jeff. Do you think he's been going into the... What, what has he been doing? Either he ate, turned into a lemur, because it is dead on ringer Dude. for Jeff. Or B, you know, Jeff's been going in the forest and getting a little freaky with these lemurs. Which, come on, we've all thought about it. Uh, maybe forest people. But forest people. Beach people like me, yeah. <laughs> we don't have those thoughts. Okay, so there's this story, and it goes like this. There was a farmer who was married to this woman, and she was a lot of trouble. I know the type. And the village witch doctor thinks she's cursed and tells the farmer to never touch her wooden rice serving spoon at the same time as, as she does. That's just kind of a common knowledge. <laughs> you don't try to take a bowl of a hungry dog, and you don't touch the wooden rice spoon of a wife who's in trouble. <laughs> But of course, the farmer and his wife get into a fight, and uh, she hits him with the spoon. Oh. So they're both touching the spoon, and poof, he turns into a giant lemur. He runs into the forest and never comes back. Eventually, he has lemur children, and they don't like women either. Mm. So uh, whenever a woman goes into the forest, they get pinched by this lemur. Pinched? Mm -hmm. Like like leprechauns to yeah. Patty's Day? Just a little pinch. pinch. Yeah, that's so... That's... I mean, that doesn't seem that scary. They just get pinched. Right. It's like your grandma saying hello. Doesn't seem here. like much of a beast. No. Just a it's nuisance. Took a left turn. Yeah. So that's that. A sightings of the creature would continue into modern times. And in 1995, researchers go to Madagascar and conduct this survey where they interview elderly villagers about these animals. And the stories were pretty similar to the ones recorded hundreds of years ago. Uh, one local recalled seeing a kadoki, which the more recent stories usually call them kadoki. In 1952, they saw this one and they described it something like a safaka, which is another type of lemur. Mm -hmm. It's a shy animal. And if you imitate its call, it will come because they're lonely for the company of their own kind. Mm. So the man demonstrated a call and it had a long single like whoop, whoop, like a whoop. Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound like, trit, trit, trit. you know, a tret, whoop tret, tret, tret. doesn't sound like a tret, tret, tret. Yeah. There were some woodcutters who also knew how to call the lemur, and they said that it it would come close if you called it. They said that there was one man who spent a lot of time in the woods, and he knew where to find it, but the researchers ran out of time, and they couldn't go look for it. And that man's name was Jeff. Said <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff? Sounds like him. I look. I appreciate him trying to talk like a lemur, but it's just—it's exhausting at this point. It's draining. It is. He's not saying anything. He's just making noises. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. I, I, hi, Jeff. Hey. Yeah, we're here. Well, yeah, nice out today, huh? Hot though. <laughs> Little hot. Uh huh. Okay. All oh, right. That's nice. Coo, coo, 
It's not like I wasn't busy doing something. I'm like offended at this point. Is this like offensive to you? It is. It is. But it's like, okay, that that's a bit much. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, that was very nice talking to you. You know, I, I would be careful, too, around Jeff. He seems innocent with these calls, but I've heard uh, some of What'd the... What'd you hear? Well, I've heard some of the other lemurs have had some issues. He gets a little close. A little handsy? Yeah. And <sighs> I'm all about hands. I got long ones. but um, Hands and feet both. It's great. Right. Um, who doesn't love long hands and feet? I don't know. But I'll tell you Leaking who does. keep them off. Yeah. Jeff does. Hmm. Just uh, keep your distance. Okay, Jeff. Thank you. We're going to keep going this way now. You, We see you, though. Bye-bye. Bye. Jesus Christ. This freaking guy. God, it's so annoying. All right. So if the Tret, 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 Tret and Kadoki were indeed real animals, they were probably lemurs. Lemurs were one of the first arrivals to Madagascar, Some 10 to 25 million years ago, they would have either swam or walked over from mainland Africa during an ice age when sea levels were lower. Lemurs will proceed to evolve into over 50 different species of varying sizes, including our giant 500 pounder to one that is just over one ounce. And some of the adaptations the lemurs undergo match up with Malagasy folklore, For instance, we know that the sloth lemurs had long hands and feet, plus adaptations to its spine that allowed for vertical hanging. These features tell us that it likely spent most of its time hidden up in the trees, and when it did have to come down to the ground, it would have been a little clumsy. Giant lemur- Because of the inverted spine? (laughs) I didn't say inverted, it was just the adaptation. Mm, Sounded inverted to me. (laughs) Uh, The giant lemurs, however, would have been better at moving on the ground than the sloth lemurs. As for the man face, uh, I don't know. Lemurs do look very human-like. And who knows, maybe the coloration of their fur enhanced that human likeness. What is Like, the fur is colored so it looks like they're wearing like a polo shirt or something? (laughs) And a Casio watch? (laughs) They have like some rimmed glasses. <laughs> How is this serving them on this island? It was a niche that had to be filled. <laughs> Nature just filling a void. <laughs> we have this micro lemur and uh, this giant one. And what we really need is is like a manager at Quiznos lemur. Uh, he tries Let's just go ahead and evolve that. Evolve that and see how it does on the island. And here we see the Steve Lemur that has evolved into becoming a Quiznos manager. Uh, he's uh, come to a confrontation. And, and no, he's avoiding it. He's crossing his hands and, and submitting. And oh no. Yes, he's fully submitted to the board dominant species. He's handed over the keys to his Ultima, and yes, it looks like uh, he soiled himself. (laughs) How did they go extinct? 
Does anyone care? These are the questions we ask ourselves. <laughs> well, we know that as soon as humans colonize the island around 300 BC, they start hunting and eating them. And we know this because of cut marks on bones that date to that time. Hmm. Also, once humans colonize Madagascar, their presence would have had an effect on the animals. Humans cut down and burn forests, which is especially bad for the sloth lemur. And eventually they'll introduce livestock, cats, and dogs. So it was probably humans, but we can't say for sure. So whatever you want to call it, the tret, 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 the kadoki, the giant lemur, the sloth lemur, uh, whatever you want to call them, it doesn't really matter because they're gone now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the next animal. <sighs> Extinction event is proud to support Prehistoric Times magazine. Jack, I see you are reading the latest issue. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just doing a little background work here uh, on the competition. Oh, wait. On the competition? Yeah, yeah. Prehistoric Times. Uh, I'm looking at it because I'm thinking of starting my own magazine. Uh, okay. About dinosaurs? It's called, it's called Pre-Prehistoric Times. pre Pre-Prehistoric Times magazine. Yeah, it's all about the uh, expansive void uh, before the Big Bang. <laughs> it's about infinite nothingness, you know, just this, you know, emptiness. Emptiness. Nothing. Imagine nothing. Is there a lot of pages in it? I can't imagine. Well, no, not really. I mean, to read it, you kind of have to clear your mind of all knowledge <laughs> and, and sense of existence and sense of self. Wow. Uh huh, and uh, it comes once a month. Once a month. Yeah, when you get this just deep, dark dread feeling oh, God. that goes down to the pit of your stomach, and and you like look out into the universe and see an endless pool of black. That's when you know that the it's uh, post postman. Like ah, pre prehistoric times is here. <laughs> Great. It doesn't have any articles about dinos or any you know collector's re- corner. No reader art. No reader art. You should, though. Well, yeah. I, some subscribers have, um, you know, regained consciousness <laughs> and uh, just found that they've scribbled some stuff in the on the walls because uh, they've gone to this pre-pre-history place. But nothing like a prehistoric time. But I'm just doing a little research, though. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well... If you want to subscribe to Prehistoric Times magazine, you go to prehistorictimes.com. And if you want to subscribe to pre-prehistoric times, don't go to the website because it will crash your computer. (laughs) But I'm working on it. Okay. But if you do want to subscribe to Prehistoric Times magazine, which I highly suggest because I am a subscriber, go to prehistorictimes.com and uh, treat yourself four times a year to a really great magazine about... um, all things prehistoric. A ferocious beast that roamed the island at night and made terrifying grunting noises. This was the Colopalopsi. Often described as a cow that isn't a cow, a water cow. Can we stop right there? Hmm. A cow that isn't a cow. Who is describing this? Is this a riddle from the Sphinx? <laughs> it's the locals. Uh, okay. Keep going. 
and a, a man eating donkey and floppy ears. Okay, that makes about as much sense as the other one. Yeah, this mysterious creature, if it was real, was probably a Malagasy dwarf hippopotamus. Its ancestors likely swam over from mainland Africa some one to two million years ago. Over time, they would shrink down to about a quarter of the size of their mainland cousins. The largest one they found was um, two and a half feet tall and six and a half feet long. That's funny. Tiny hippos. That is hilarious proportions. Yeah. (laughs) But just like the giant lemurs, the Malagasy dwarf hippopotamus probably wasn't encountered very often and thus developed some folklore around it. And let's dig into some of that. This scary, intimidating creature only came out at night and wandered the island spraying urine and charging at anyone who came near it. If you got too close, it would attack, and it was also thought to be a man-eater. Um, everything you just described could be like one of three of my roommates. <laughs> and is it a hippo? Yeah. Just because they were small didn't mean they were, you know, less hippo-like. Hippos are dangerous. Yeah. That was going to say that it probably wasn't a man-eater. In reality, it probably would have just trampled and mauled you. Hmm. Hippos are not carnivores, but in Africa, they do kill about 500 people a year. What? Yeah. (laughs) The aftermath of which can often look like the victim has been partially consumed because you're just getting trampled. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a ton. Wow. Stay away. From hippos. So they were nocturnal, and one story claimed that they carried a shining diamond in their mouths that enabled them to travel in the dark. Uh, During the day, they put that diamond into a secret hiding place. Mm, In their heart. (laughs) You know where it is? I can't say anything. You could only get the diamond if you captured one at night, so that's... And this was if you had the game genie and could unlock this? (laughs) What? what are you talking about? You have about? to find the secret hiding place. Come with me, Voyager. Uh, you seek the Malagasy diamond, but do you know the way? <laughs> that study that they did in the 1990s turned up some Kalapalopsy stories, too. Some even dating to 1976. All accounts confirmed that, yes, it was only ever seen at night, Village elders reported it was cow-sized, but without horns. It was very dark-skinned, had a very big mouth and teeth, and flapping ears, which isn't very hippo-like. Flapping ears? Yeah. I beg to differ, because I've been to Disneyland, and uh, that is one of the only moving parts of the hippo, (laughs) besides the a water jet that's lodged in its throat. <laughs> okay. If you go to the, what is it, Jungle Cruise, mm-hmm. you'll see that, yes, the ears are quite flappy. <laughs> I think a floppy, floppy ears is... There could have been something lost in translation. This is true. You were a show. This is why you're here. Mm-hmm. 
right. Because the only reason I found for why they might have thought it was flappy ears was that their big, loose hippo cheeks might have looked like ears in mm. the night, mm-hmm. in the dark. Yeah. Um, the other thing is it also retreated by uh, escaping back into water. Yeah. So... These are like these are all very hippo like things. Yeah, is what it's, I'm it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's obviously a hippo. And the folklore matches up with the fossil evidence. And in this case, there was even a village chief who was talking about this legendary creature to a naturalist, Alfred Grandidier, in 1868. And he's talking about the collapse clopsy. And you like how I said it? Like yeah, I totally and you just like rattled it off. But I don't... <laughs> like you said it a million times before. I have no idea how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. He even leads him to a site where the remains could be found. Grand Didier eventually excavates 50 hippos from this site. So there is no question. This, it was a dwarf hippo. Yes. This one for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I have this excerpt from Grand Didier's diary about finding it, the hippo remains. And he says, I hurried to the location barefooted and barelegged with pants cut at the knees as I am prone to do. I entered the marsh and lowering myself. Is there any more about what he was wearing? (laughs) I tapped the... Upon (laughs) my short pants, I had affixed two cargo-like pockets. (laughs) Within these cargo pockets, pockets i had placed my lunch and a backup snack <laughs> upon my head was a uh, cap that i had fashioned with uh, the feathers of the local bird wildlife i carried with me a satchel about hip length and uh, it had this sort of like breezy feel to it as I walked. You know, it's not quite fall, it's not quite winter, but it just went with it, you know? I just, once I saw it, I had to have it. And of course, I brought out the belt game. Uh, I went iguana skin. I know, I know, that's so last season, but it just called for it. Anyways, yeah, I found some Libra bones or whatever, who cares? The story continues. So, Grand Didier tapped the bottom where I sensed a large object and lifted it. After washing it, I found, to my surprise and joy, that it was a femur, the thigh bone of a bird. Uh, The bird must have been enormous. Alongside these bird bones were numerous other bones belonging to an unknown species of hippopotamus. This guy's just going uh, <laughs> bone diving. <laughs> yeah, just pulling him out. Uh, the, the, the picture he's painted is that he he rips his pants to shorts. <laughs> no time for shoes. Runs down to this place, dives in, and is scraping the bottom for bones. And he's elated. He's yeah. Like coming out of the water with femur going, ah! Yeah. It's a bird! <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was a funny story. (laughs) There are still extant pygmy hippopotami in West Africa, and our Malagasy dwarf hippo probably shared some of those same traits. 
They are reclusive and nocturnal. They're semi-aquatic. The water helps keep its skin moist and its body temperature cool. Mm. They tend to live alone or in small groups, and they don't really like to fight. Also, they mark their territory by vigorously waving their tail and defecating so that it spreads further. If you haven't already, go on YouTube. Yes. Take a look at this. It is truly one of the wonders of nature. <laughs> and to imagine a little dwarf hippo doing this. Oh. God is a comedian. Let's just say it because it is the funniest thing. Man. So what happened to the Malagasy dwarf hippo? How did it go extinct? You could basically just copy paste what we've already said about the lemurs. It was likely the humans. Uh, but compared to other islands, the Malagasy dwarf hippos and the uh, giant lemurs will outlast a lot of other extinctions. And this is probably because colonization happened so late and it happened pretty slow. It took almost a millennia for things to really get going there. And because it's such a big island with lots of rugged areas, some that remained undisturbed until very recently, in this case, they could have had a place to escape to. And actually, mm -hmm. instead of like we usually hear in our yeah. stories. So originally we thought that these animals went extinct around 500 to 1,000 years ago. They might have survived until much more recently. In fact... Don't tell me. Biologist and TV personality, Forrest Gallant, who has a show called Extinct or Alive, he goes to Madagascar last year, 2019, to search for the Malagasy dwarf hippo on one of the episodes. And you can look it up. This clip is on YouTube, and he's knee-deep in this dirty swamp. Fishing for femurs. <laughs> he's looking for hippos. And he's with this girl who's wearing a dress, and she's really sunburnt for some reason. And, and that's an important detail to the story. It is an important detail, Jack. <laughs> and this guy, he pulls out from the water an actual dwarf hippo jaw. Whoa. Yeah. Well, how long could it have been there? I don't think they've actually dated it yet, but it could be from as recent as 200 years ago. Whoa. It, it's crazy. I <laughs> You don't seem as shocked as I thought you were going to seem by that information. Uh, I guess I'm just wading around digging in the dirt for bones in the water. It's just a normal process now. <laughs> They've, so they found it, and it could have been 200 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. It's not like, whoa, that we, we think we saw one. But the... If, here's the thing. like, It's probably extinct because if one of like its regular habits is to walk around the forest and fart incredibly <laughs> loud and spray feces everywhere, it's kind of hard not to notice that. <laughs> so excuse me if finding a jawbone from... A couple centuries ago, isn't like, whoa, are they still around? You're not going to be satisfied until you walk into a forest and find what you typically find at a gas station bathroom in the middle of nowhere. I want a parade of these little guys coming down. You hear something in the distance, this that's not a good fart noise, and then the parade of these little tiny hippos 
farting and pooing everywhere. <laughs> like the Macy's Day Parade. Wow, what a wonderful day. It's just magic out here this morning. Uh, I'm having a great time, and oh, here comes the star of the show. Oh, Tom, here he comes. And as you can see, he's just a little guy, oh. and uh, he's yep, there he is, emitting a lot of gas. Uh, feces is spraying everywhere. Everywhere. How festive, though. Oh, it's the oh. kids are loving it. Yeah. Oh, this is, you know, it really brings me back to when I was a kid. Oh, this is. Huh, cool. Barb? Yeah, it, I'm giddy. Do you remember the first time you saw a bunch of tiny hippos spreading their fecal batter in such a delightful way? Yeah, I remember it like it was this morning. Was it? It was. <laughs> <laughs> so to wrap it up. The Malagasy Dwarf Hippo and our two giant lemurs of Madagascar were first known to us from local folklore, and eventually we were able to identify them as real animals. You know, this one really made me think about um, mythology and how if you try to put yourself into the shoes of these people, yeah, we've seen hippos a million times, right? But encountering a tiny hippo in the middle of the night, terrifying, Mm. terrifying. Or encountering a giant lemur in the middle of the night, you would think it was like a weird demon or somebody who got turned into a monkey creature by a wooden spoon. Because it's not like you got a flashlight and you're like, oh, you're seeing it by Mm -hmm. firelight. Yeah. You could see how this mythology, how there'd just be insane stories about everything. Yeah, you're actually making this all come together for me. Because with the lemurs, it's the fact that they move like humans Mm -hmm. and their faces look like human faces. That's creepy. And that you rarely see them because they're hiding in the trees. So when you do see one that's going to freak you out and you want your family to stay away from it. Yeah. And then with the hippos, you're right. These tiny, noisy, smelly creatures that only come out at night is like, if I'm an adult, I think maybe I have a chance of fighting it off. What, uh, pygmy hippo? Yeah. Nah, you're dead. You're right. <laughs> I, I think they weighed like over 300 pounds. And the, how quickly you caved into that question just <laughs> further solidifies that you're not surviving this. I, would, I was going to say... If you were a child, this would be my warning. Don't go out in the forest at night. And I would say I have more of a child's body. <laughs> so. Yeah. You're, the myth- you're not surviving either of these animals. Right. Or just going out alone in the jungle. That that one also not okay. surviving. Right. But yeah, made me think about all that and how you're just seeing this by candlelight and how it changes everything. You're, not, you're just getting bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to fill it in, the details. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. We don't really have that a lot anymore. Yeah. There's no mystery. Maybe in the deep of the ocean. Yeah. Right now, that's just where all the internet cords are. <laughs> I'll cut that. <laughs> no, that's good. Um. Well, that's it. Th- thanks for listening, guys. Tune in next week. Got a another one planned. <laughs> Bye.
Bye. Peg Leg Deer Production.